You are listening to the audio podcast of the weekly message preached at Central United Methodist Church in Arlington, Virginia. You're invited to worship with us in person on Saturdays at 4.30 p.m. or virtually through Zoom or Facebook on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Visit us at www.cumcballston.org. There you can learn more about our congregation and how we worship God, serve others, and embrace all. Today's Bible verse is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 14, verses 22 and 23. Right then Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead to the other side of the lake while he dismissed the crowds. When he sent them away, he went up onto a mountain by himself to pray. Evening came and he was alone. The word of God for the people of God. Oh, good morning again. As I mentioned to the children, I wanted to take the opportunity this morning to talk about the story behind our building and talk a little bit about where we are. And since Lane stole my thunder already, as she is off to do, The stove has been delivered. The countertops for the kitchen are sitting in the fellowship, what will be the fellowship hall, along with other kitchen appliances. I'm told that as soon as the designers pick the actual grout or agree on the color of the grout, the kitchen tile can go down. So there's hope for our future. But in telling the story, I'm going to do what a lot of authors and poets tend to do. I'm going to take some liberties with it. But then you folks know me well and know that certain departures and exaggerations from the truth might be expected, I guess. But we have been on a real journey, trip across the sea as we might describe it, uh, as we've been through this building project. And we've had things happen, we've had storms that none of us really expected. And it seems that uh, it has taken much longer, much, much longer than we ever expected. But we've had celebrations during this too, and I want to talk a little about some of those. But one thing that we can celebrate is the building committee. And while the building committee has... uh, dispersed somewhat from what we started in maybe 2008, 2010, when all of this process started. We are really fortunate for those people that have been around and still provide uh, advice from time to time on getting this project completed. We have had great people to work with, and there has been no contention. So, So many of these projects you hear of stories in other churches where there have been great fights over the color of the carpet, or the size of this, or the position of that. and We have not had those problems, and it's been a pleasure to work with the people of this church in making this uh, reality uh, happen for us. One of my favorite poems has to do with uh, The Road Not Taken. It's a poem by Robert Frost, and it starts out with uh, two roads diverged in a yellow wood, 
and sorry I could not travel both. And then it goes on and says, two roads diverged in a yellow wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all of the difference. That's much what Central has done with our building project. And as we kind of revisit that, I want to think way back, further back than even Dave might remember as our oldest and most longevity-blessed uh, congregant, I think, these days. Um, in 1911, Central was actually formed. The first people took the, the trip in the boat to try and form the congregation. And by 1923, the boat had enough people that they actually thought about building a building. And the women of the church, mind you, were able to obtain the land. And it was land that we wouldn't recognize today because there was a street running right through the middle of what the old building was uh, years ago, Clement Street. And it split to go around what was then the uh, graveyard. And so that church launched and I'm sure it launched with great expectations. I'm sure they had expectations of building a huge discipleship. There's stories about those days. Uh, Russell Hitt, before he passed, used to tell the story of uh, hand-mixing concrete and then hauling it in a wheelbarrow to uh, pour the floor and the walls for the kitchen that we all came to know where the old monstrous stove was. Um, Carol Ellis Cobb used to tell the story of how her dad would be on a ladder doing the painting around the church. Carl Tanner talks about his father painting the steeple, and then he fondly remembers riding the floor buffer around the church. Pat, I'm sure you've got stories from, from your family and your mother that you could easily add to that collection, too. The church has always been made up of humble people. We've had a long tradition of reaching out to the needy, oftentimes through just fundraising, sometimes through in-kind donations or blood drives, but always we have been a congregation that has gone outside the walls of the church. As I look back on the building project, it has somewhat similar history. We started with congregation or with conversations with county officials and conversations within the congregation as to what the building might be, what we might do with a new facility. Do we really want a new facility? Maybe we want to just remodel the old one. Do we really want to, how do, would we fund whatever it is we're going to do? Would we fund it by selling off some of the property? Perhaps we would sell the air rights, whatever those might be. And then we looked at what the building was telling us. The building had its own story. It had termites. Remember the termites? Remember having to rebuild the floor of the sanctuary? The preschool would like to expand. There were problems expanding the preschool. We would have had to meet new code requirements, so we were limited in what we could do there. Remember the third floor roof? The third floor roof, how many times? How many times did we repair? You got a count, Dave? <laughs> the, yeah, and then there was the gym roof. 
The gym roof was perpetually leaking. There was the wall in the gym that seemed to be cracking and coming down. So it became kind of obvious that we really needed to replace the building. If we repaired it, we were still going to be just left with an old building. And so even during those times, we took steps of faith. We started a homeless feeding program. We worked with uh, the Arlington Street People Assistance Network not only for our feeding program, but to help them lobby and get a year-round shelter for the people in Arlington on the street. We had harvest dances. And we also got people trained for an emergency response team, as well as uh, CPR classes. So we were active and outside of the church during that whole time that we were mulling over where our building was going to go and what would happen. We decided it was time to replace it. So we hired architects and consultants, lots of consultants, and developed a site plan. And then we had a major battle over the cemetery. Now, mind you, this cemetery had been vacant since 1923 when the building was built. But there were still people that said, we don't care if there are people buried there. We think it's a historic cemetery because of the gravestones. Okay. Uh, we met with the neighbors, a number of special interest groups. We met with county planners, county traffic management people. We did ground penetrating radar to prove there were no people in that ground. And we had ecological studies uh, because of some uh, oil tanks that used to be in the property next door. But we got a site plan approved. And then we applied for the competitive funding to get it to happen. It was competitive, all right, and we didn't get our share. Didn't get any, as a matter of fact. So back to the drawing board, and we modified our plan. to show that the congregation was active because there was some question in the community as to whether or not we actually had an active congregation. We held concerts in the courtyard. Remember those? They were fun. And the ice cream socials that we had there. Our Thursday feeding group that did all the prep work for our Friday morning thing were fed in the courtyard. We'll show you there's people here. And people began to realize they were here. They especially began to realize that when we had the big barbecue. Remember the smoker that was in the parking lot? It was a request from a young couple in the church that was getting married, and they wanted to be able to feed everyone that came to the wedding. So we said, we can do that. We can do that pretty cheaply. And so we did. We had a load of loaves and fishes event, basically. We fed our homeless population for two Fridays out of that barbecue. We fed the wedding party and the Church got to enjoy some of it, too. And it was great fun. Started about 3 o'clock in the morning, just get everything smoker up and running. And we also sent a team to help uh, hurricane victims in North Carolina. We managed to make peace with the historical community over the graveyard. We seated... 500 square foot of property to the county so that that could happen. We revised our building plan around the property that we 
no longer had. And we applied for funding again. And again, we were turned down. But by now, there was a year-round shelter. The homeless guests continued to come on Friday morning, and we looked how we were going to serve others in the community. How many backpacks did we put together? And there were crayons and pencils and rulers and other school supplies, all for the good of the community. The kids in the neighborhood were really blessed to have that, and we had some other equipment that we were able to pass on to the teachers. And then, one of my favorite events that we did all during this time, remember Undie Sundays? Remember all of the children that, because of the preschools and such, uh, the teachers could use some extra children's underwear and socks, and we collected a great collection of that. Also had a wonderful decoration of the sanctuary area one Sunday morning as we <laughs> displayed those. And decided at this time that we needed a new development partner to work on our building. And our road less traveled became a little different with the new partner. We were able to talk about the building being 100% affordable we understood that there would be an emphasis on the part of the judgment committee because of the members, that uh, there were particular problems with uh, young adults or teenagers that were aging out of foster care. So we wanted to focus our new plan on maybe there's an opportunity here that would get the uh, folks that made, did the judging on the grants to, to make that possible. So our new plan focused on innovations, not that the building itself wasn't a new innovation, and we gathered new allies to pool our resources to put together the innovations. The colleges in the area would provide tutoring, they would provide grants, they'd provide scholarships. We had, uh, Amazon was even gonna provide coding training. So we had job opportunities and we had life skill training that was going to be beneficial to these uh, young adults that have aged out of foster care. And we applied again. And again, we didn't receive funding. So we're down three strikes already and we are still faithfully moving on forward. Continuing the fact that it was a novel approach, we were always getting questions of, well, even if you get funding, what about the graveyard? What, what are air rights? Um, how, how, how can you sell air? What, what are we doing here? Uh, are you really going to close the church? And, and what are you going to do with the stained glass windows? So we trucked on through our doubters and, and moved forward with uh, yet another plan. And the building is continuing to tell its story. There are leaks in the, from the courtyard into the fellowship hall. Several times we had to mop up the floor before we could do anything on Friday morning. There was a lightning strike in the organ. And then the boiler. Remember the boiler? And then to heat the church and the rest of the building, there was the rocket heater and the smell of kerosene. 
And it became obvious that the county, to the county and to the state, that they had gotten money from Amazon, a large grant. And people were beginning to ask, what are we going to do with it? What are you going to do? What are you going to show us that you're doing something with this grant? We're having to give them all kinds of subsidies, and yet they're giving us money. What's going to happen? And the county started looking for a shovel-ready project. Guess where they found one? We were shovel-ready. And with God's help and the help of our new partner, we were able to get the funding that uh, required to get us started. And all during this time, the homeless ministry continued. School supplies flowed. Dr. Bear's closet received toys and games and puzzles. And the building, we value engineered the new building to get the price within range. We received a very generous gift from Russell Hitt. We paid off our pre-development loan of over $4 million. And the plan to exit our building, the beloved central building that we all knew, was beginning. And then COVID arrived. And everything shut down. The homeless program became a bodega over the back por- out of the back porch of the church into the parking lot. And Pat and Jeannie and uh, John Conway all dressed warmly during the winter to be sure that they could pass out groceries and clothing and canned goods and other products to the neighbors that needed it and those in the community. During this time, we negotiated details on the building. We valued and engineered some more. And we negotiated through construction plans and building permits. We made 17 trips or more to the county to respond to comments on the structural plans and actually make something that the county said they could allow us to build, even though they had built previous, previously approved everything. We navigated uh, use agreements and sharing arrangements with our new partner, and it was time for the building to come down. We packed up with day laborers and moved everything out of the building. We sold off and gave away some treasures, auctioned some not so treasured. We stored some treasures, and we worshiped virtually, in person on Saturdays, and then streamed on Sundays. Some of our treasures went to other churches, There was, uh, our pews are in a church down near Richmond right now. Um, So uh, everything that was of value pretty well went to organizations. The big stove in the kitchen is working in a uh, shelter in uh, Baltimore. So things actually got used and put where they, they could do good to other people. Finally, we raised the old building, and the new building continues to rise and will soon be ready. Our time in the wilderness is coming to an end. February is the magic date. We've almost crossed this sea. The shore is coming into view. We're still in the boat, though. And we still have some turmoil yet ahead of us. But throughout this whole process, God's been with us. How many times have we said during this, uh, in God's time, according to God's plan? We're getting ready for the next adventure. 
And as we move back into our church sanctuary in a few months, not years, mind you, what will the new gift from God do? As we have this new facility that we've waited for for decades, the only thing I'm sure of from this congregation is that we will continue to work together for God's glory. We will be serving our community, we'll be helping the needy, and we'll be making disciples. Thank you.